1: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Revoid. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, joined with, as always, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight?
2: Great. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Cinco de Mayo. Woo. Party time. Having fun. Oh and
1: you know we love to have fun here on the show and what better way to celebrate than with the special guest talking a little bit of Alabama football and specifically Najee Harris. Tonight we got Char- Charlie Potter excuse me from Bama Online 24-7 joining us. Charlie how are you?
3: I'm great guys thanks for having me.
1: Perfect uh and once again thank you so much for uh joining us tonight and talking about one of the Pittsburgh Steelers newest players. Um I guess just right off the top, Charlie, what kind of a player did the Steelers get in Najee Harris?
3: Yeah, I think Najee's a, a complete back. Um, you know, he's a guy that he had to wait his turn a little bit at Alabama, which is you know not uncommon the way Alabama recruits. Uh, but he was a guy that played as a true freshman. Uh, he came in and was a, really a key part of that, uh, that um, national championship game in 2018 for the 2017 season. A bunch of true freshmen were on the field for that. And then, you know, when he turned into a junior, he took over that number one back role. And he's been that the last two years for Alabama. And uh, I think it was on full display this past season, just his ability to catch the ball in the backfield, to be a blocker. I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of that uh, as this continues. But I just think he's a complete player. And he's just an overall good dude. I mean, he's a little bit of a a different cat. He likes to speak his mind sometimes, but he's always going to give back to the community. And um, on top of being a, a hell of a player, he seems like a really good person.
2: Comparing him to other running backs in Alabama, recent history, because there's a lot of them uh, that have come into the NFL. Uh, what makes him different? like who who is he similar to and and who what what makes him different from the other guys?
3: I think he has a lot of characteristics of a lot of the Alabama backs that we've seen have success in the NFL. Um you just look at the guys that have been taken toward the top of the draft. I think, He's, he's obviously a bigger back at 6'2", 230, so everyone harkens back to, to Derrick Henry. I don't think they're the same player quite as much, but um, I, I think that the Najee also has some of the traits of a, a Josh Jacobs, a Kenyon Drake that can catch the ball at the backfield. So I think it's he's almost like a melting pot of all those guys. He's a, he's a bowling ball like a Der- uh, um, a Mark Ingram. Um, yeah, I, I think that he also has the – <laughs> the, the different characteristic of he likes to, to hurdle. He's a guy that doesn't like to get hit low, and he's found a way to to do something about that. I'm not sure how long that will last, how effective that will be in the NFL. I'm, I'm sure he can do it a few times, but he has his own way, and he is a different bag, but I do see you know, shades of, of different Alabama bags that have had success, success both in Tuscaloosa and on into the league.
1: So You mentioned his size, of course. It's easy to perhaps call someone of his stature as a tailback and classify him as a power back. Is that fair or would you call him more of a finesse style or does he kind of just do his own thing?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think he does his own thing. Najee's a a unique individual, both on and off the field and he does have power. He runs behind his pads. He can be that power back at the six-two-two thirty, but he's also shifty. I think that's something he definitely worked on. Throughout his career, um, is something that helped him at, at Antioch whenever he was a five-star recruit. And uh, I know just leading up to this senior year, which was important to him because he came back to Alabama to improve his draft stock, which is working on that explosive ability. You know, he spent time in the offseason working with a bunch of different uh, players. And, um, yeah, I think that was on display. I mean, he can make guys miss. His stiff arm is, is lethal. Again, we, we talked about the hurdles. I think that goes to show that he's not just a guy that's going to, run through you, but he can run over you, uh, literally, like jump over you. But um, I, I think that the the bigger size, it, it slows him down a bit. He's not just a, a home run hitter, but he's a guy that can do everything else. So I think he's worked on that acceleration, and you know, his speed maybe improved a little bit. Again, though, the explosive ability is there for Najee. Um, you know, he can he can go around, through, over, whatever way he wants to get by a defender.
2: Now, Najee – Najee, sorry – is uh one of the one of the most interesting comments I've read about him during the draft process was, someone said if he wasn't such a great runner, you could play him at a, like a an H back position because he's he can run block and he can he can get out there and he's a really good receiver. Uh, what what does Najee what did Najee bring to Alabama as a receiver? You know, did he did he ever line up on the line? Did he ever go out you know and line up as as re- in a receiving spot? Or was he mostly just a receiver out of the backfield?
3: He did that a little bit. I wouldn't say that was just like a um, a usual or, you know, commonplace occurrence, but he's a guy that they would split out wide some and, and use him in that uh, aspect. He is really good at, at um, you know, providing pass protection in the backfield. And he's a guy too. I mean, we saw it a few times he, you know, slip out of the backfield and run a wheel route and be effective in that regard. But yeah, I think that again, the the receiving aspect is something that he hangs his hat on. And I think it's, it, it's often a question with him that you know it gets brought up of you know has that something that you've been working on is that something that's maybe you know uh new to your game and he he would sometimes take offense to that i remember um, back when we could do in So I guess that was in the 2019 season. Someone brought up that exact question to him and he just kind of looked at him and he's like, you're just now seeing this. I've always been able to do it. So he takes pride in in that uh, receiving ability. And I think he is a guy that can move all over the formation and and be used in a lot of ways in the passing game.
1: So when we talk about Najee Harris, there's clearly a lot of things he can do from running the ball, catching the ball, blocking what would you say is his best trait as a football player and what do you expect him to be most successful at, at the next level?
3: That's tough because he does do a lot of things really well. Um, And I think for a running back too, he did what was asked of him. And, you know, in this day and age, especially at the college game, I know the NFL is a little different. A lot of people take a, a by committee approach, but he's just, he's a selfless guy. And, being a former five-star recruit, you know, going to a place like Alabama, that's not always the case. And I think he's just willing to do whatever's necessary, but what, from a, a, a trait aspect, I do think his, his, his shiftiness, his, uh, elusiveness, his explosive ability is maybe underrated because he is a, a big, powerful back. He does have that receiving ability, but, um, you know, Najee will make a guy miss. And I think that, that's probably one of the things that gets undervalued to some extent. It's really tough to, to really pinpoint one thing that he does better than everything else, because he does do everything so well.
2: Now, Steeler fans, one of the people we have heard and been internally comparing uh, Najee Harris to is Le'Veon Bell, uh, because Najee clearly shows like patience. He has that strength to run through arm tackles. He follows blocks. Well, he has that great vision and, Obviously, he's a really good receiver. Do you think that's a good comparison? Uh, are you familiar? Like, I assuming you know, are familiar at least with with uh, Le'Veon Bell at all in the in the NFL? But do you think that's an all fair comparison that he can bring that same kind of a game to an NFL team?
3: I think so. I think you know, of course, in terms of just getting ready for the draft, comparisons are always going to be thrown out there, and I think Le'Veon's a, a very good comparison. The, the two <laughs> that I thought were uh, maybe the most accurate was that. And then some people likened him to a a Matt Forte that played with the Browns and, um, you know, came from Tulane. I think they're both bigger guys that do have that um, ability to, um, you know, to to shake off defenders. Like you said, I think their vision is something that is uh, imperative for their success. And I, I think that, you know, comparing players isn't always fair, but I think those two, those have been pretty spot on just in terms of what he can maybe be at the next level.
1: Um, uh, so it's really easy to talk about all his strengths because clearly there's a lot of them and re- really this time of the year there's so much positivity going around we don't hear too much about his his weaknesses so if you could pinpoint one thing that he needs to work on what would that be
3: yeah I mean I, I do think that um it is it's probably tough to work on but but you know, he doesn't have that that home run ability he has plenty of ability he can he can reel off long runs but I think you know, before this past season, his longest run at Alabama in his first three years was maybe like 35 yards or under. He, he eclipsed that a couple times this past season. And again, that's something that he worked on this offseason is just getting faster, getting stronger, getting more explosive. But, um, you know, you look at a guy, we go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, just the, the Alabama players he's been compared to, or maybe that he has you know, some traits that they have. Derrick Henry is a big back, but. You don't really see Derrick Henry getting caught from behind a lot. So I think that's something that that Najee, um, I, I think he can get better at it. Um, you know, maybe he gets the NFL, he drops a couple pounds or something like that and just, you know, picks up a, a little bit more speed. But, um, you know, he's not, I don't think he's going to be a guy that we're going to see real off a lot of, you know, 50, 60, 70 yard runs to the next level.
2: As a part of the Alabama offense, obviously they, they had the four first-round picks from the, both receivers, Najee and the quarterback. Um, how did he fit into that offense? Was he was he a guy who kind of drove that offense, or was he more a guy who like benefited, like the run game benefited from having those two great receivers? Or did he really – did Alabama use him to kind of set the tone for the game and run the pass off of him?
3: I think it was complimentary, um, you know. Early on, I, I think if if it had all been chalk and a guy like Jalen Waddle didn't get hurt in the Tennessee game, then maybe you'd lean more on the passing game. Now, you, I mean, we're saying that and we're talking about a season where Alabama had a wide receiver win the Heisman Trophy, but I mean, Najee's a guy that came in and rewrote the record books as well. I mean, he was a guy that it it was an oddity to see him not score multiple touchdowns in a game, and uh, I think they uh, leaned on him quite a bit. Um, especially after that Waddle injury, and um, you know, I think with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and some of the weapons they had throughout the season, to have that running game to lean on was was very beneficial. It's why they had one of the best offenses you know we've seen at Alabama. And uh, so I don't think it was you know one took away from the other, or one you know was the star of the show in uh, in certain situations. I think they complemented each other really well, which is something that you know, go into the next level in a place like Pittsburgh with a proven quarterback and some good wide receivers. I think Najee can do that same thing.
1: So the Alabama offensive line was clearly the best in the nation a year ago. Um, they'll have another first round tackle, uh, probably a top five pick next year, even uh, to, to extend on uh, just how talented that group was. But playing behind a unit that could blow open some humongous holes for him to run through it do you think uh, there's a chance for some worry if he's faced with a, an offensive line that might be a little bit more porous? And do you think he, he might uh, be a little phased by not having a, the, the easy run lanes to run through, I guess you could say?
3: I think it'll definitely be an adjustment for him because, I mean, you're right, I mean, Alabama, the past two seasons has had really good offensive lines. Um, and I, I do think that that Najee's vision, you know, his elusiveness, his, his ability to – um, you'll see things and react quickly will help. But again, it just, it depends on, you know, what that offensive line in Pittsburgh can do. So I do think it could be maybe Rocky early on for him, um, you know, as much as many reps and as much experience he can get in practice and, and camp and the preseason are going to be beneficial. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it could be a little bit of an adjustment period because coming from a place like Alabama, um, you know, to, to go to, I, I don't want to say, you know lesser units but you have the best of the best combined for for one offensive line and um, yeah I think I mean the same can go for a lot of Alabama's players like you look at the wide receivers they're going to teams that need wide receiver help and they're going to be probably the number one guys that are going to be targeted it could be an adjustment period for them too I think Najee's still going to be able to see success in the NFL but I do think it's going to be maybe a little bit of a wake-up call like oh I'm, I'm not running behind a a Joe Moore award-winning offensive
2: line anymore. Pranaji, he stayed all four years at Alabama, uh, which is a pretty rare thing, especially for Alabama running backs to to be there four years. How is that viewed in you know Alabama football? Uh, was that kind of a, oh, this guy's just not that good, or was that a, a thing where he came back and people were really excited that he came back?
3: I mean, you're right. It is a rarity. And if you would have told me when Najee committed to Alabama and, well, he was committed to Alabama for a long time, and then he just showed up on campus after the Army All-America game. So when once he did that, if you had told me he'd be there for four years, I wouldn't really have believed it. He just seemed like a three-and-done kind of player that he was going to go, um, you know, do his business and be a, a first-round draft pick. But I think a lot of the players, himself included, were very disappointed with the 20 Nineteen season, and that says a lot because Alabama only lost two games. um You know, they wanted to to end things the right way. That twenty seventeen class, especially, uh, and that's a class now that has eight draft uh, first round draft picks from it, um, including two quarterbacks and three wide receivers. But I think that group. So you had Najee Harris, Devonte Smith, Alex Leatherwood. So three first round picks, and then Dylan Moses. Um, all four of them decided to come back for their senior year. And that was huge for Alabama. And I don't know if they had conversations with each other or j- they just decided that, Hey, we want to come back and finish things the right way. But it was a, it was a decision that I think obviously benefited Alabama, but benefited most of those players. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if Najee would have been a first round draft pick in the 2020 draft, but you know, obviously he was the first running back off the board. So it turned out to be a wise business decision. But at the same time, they came back. Um, he was a guy that was a vocal leader, both on the field and off the field. We saw him at the front of the march for the Black Lives Matter on, on campus. Um, you know, he was one of the leading voices of um, you're trying to get the season to actually happen for you know, some of the top Power 5 players. And I think Najee really matured this past year. And on top of being able to win a national championship and, and get his degree, he improved his draft stock, so I think it was one of those decisions that Alabama fans will look back on and appreciate for a long time. But I think Najee, you know, in hindsight now, you know, knows that it was a wise decision for him to come back for his senior year.
1: After the Steelers draft Najee Harris, uh, there was uh, some interviews amongst the front office staff, and they specifically singled out when he drove nine hours to be at the first Alabama pro day just to support his guys. What did that mean to really that unit for him to make that effort to be there? And is that just something that you kind of expect from Najee because he's just just that dude?
3: Yeah, I think like we don't get to see their true personalities as reporters, especially during the 2020 season with everything being like this virtually and over Zoom and and everything like that. But um, I think he's really well liked in that locker room. And uh, to be a guy that was obviously dealing with that ankle issue uh, that kept him from participating in the uh, senior bowl down in Mobile for him to be working out and, and doing everything in Texas and to drive just to, to be there and support his teammates. I think it's a, it's a great example of who he is as a teammate and who he is as a person. And uh, I know like everybody's seen what he did um, you know, leading up to the draft and on draft night, you know, hosting. It just goes to show, you know, what kind of what kind of dude he is, and you know what he'll do for his teammates. And uh, I think that seeing that you know, people that are going to be welcoming him into a new locker room, they have to be, you know, feeling pretty good about what he's going to bring to the table from a teammate standpoint.
2: Now, I know Nick Saban like builds a lot of leadership into his players. That's a that's a big deal in his program. Uh, Did Najee really stand out in that regard, or is he another in a long line of of players coming out of Alabama that have that ingrained into them?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think this past season there were a lot of really strong leaders. Um, You know, Najee wasn't one of the four-team captains, but I think he could, if they would have done five, I think he could have easily been in there. Um, Again, you know, it goes back to what happened before the season even started and uh, for, for the season even happening because he was very adamant about um, you know wanting to play, he was very vocal about that. And he was before that really a, a quiet guy. He wasn't a guy that went on social media and, and did much. And so to do that and kind of speak for his teammates because of his platform and, and who he is and how well known he is, the, the notoriety, notoriety behind his name, I think says a lot about his maturity. And then again, with you know the demonstration they did on campus uh, for you know, social justice, he was at the forefront right there beside Nick Saban and, uh, you know, spoke at the the rally they had. I think it just shows how far he's come. And I, I do think that Nick Saban, um, you know, can can pull a lot out of players. Um, You're know, just talking about this spring and you know, we've, we've heard from from a lot of guys and they're obviously having to replace people just look at the, the NFL draft. Um, but you know, it's, uh, I think one player said, "You know, Coach Saban hasn't found his leaders yet." And I think Najee was one of those guys this past year because, in talking about the twenty twenty uh, team and the success that they had, you know, Saban always kind of points back to senior leadership, and that includes Najee Harris. It obviously includes the guys up front on of the offensive line, guys like Landon Dickerson and and Alex Leatherwood, you know, Mac Jones being the quarterback, and you know, Devontae Smith was a two time captain. But I think for Najee. To be someone that would kind of avoided the limelight as a recruit and kind of kept low throughout his career at Alabama, just in terms of um, you know exposure to the public or to the media, social media, anything like that, the development and the maturation over this past season just goes to show how he's matured as a leader. And I think he's a guy that a lot of those young players on that team look to to um, point them in the right direction this past season.
1: A little bit earlier in the show, you mentioned uh, Najee Harris missing uh, the senior bowl, of course, with that ankle injury. Has he ever been one to uh, miss time with injury or has he had a relatively healthy college career?
3: Yeah, I mean before that I don't really um, know of anything, at least outside of, you know, bumps and bruises or things like that. I mean, he's a guy the past two years has led Alabama in, in carries. He's had two hundred plus carries the past two seasons. So, you know, maybe you see him in practice, um, you know, with a, a black no contact jersey. He maybe takes some some time off, but he doesn't miss game time. You know, he's a guy that always wants to be out there. Again, it goes back to what we were talking about driving from Dallas to to Pro Day. He wants to be there for his teammates and to be available. And the ankle issue, I think, is something that he played through toward the end of the season and even tried to go out to the senior bowl and, and practice with. And then Jim Nagy, the executive director, kind of shut him down, t- pulled him to the side, and you know they talked about it. And he obviously didn't play in the game, but he stayed down there in Mobile and was supportive. But, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have um, a lot of injury history. He's a guy that, while he has been the bell cow the past two years, I think he still has a lot of tread on his tires. So I don't think that's really an issue going to the next level.
2: Now, right around here, people have been watching the uh, Road to the Pros series about Najee Harris. Um, one of the things that stood out in the room is he talked about wanting to leave Alabama, what, about going home to California, about feeling like he didn't really, like, fit in uh, to, you know, like, culture shock-wise. Um, did any of that show up? Was anything of that, like – stuff people knew was that a surprise to people or is that something that that people already already knew it happened and, and knew about him
3: now, I mean first of all I, I do think that the uh, ale.coms road to the pro series really well done um you know obviously I didn't have a hand in it but I watched it and I thought they did a good job but um I, I don't think it's that much of a surprise and it's it's not uncommon for players to to think that um, and then later on in their careers reveal it um, I don't think that's something that we just necessarily talked with him about, but it, it doesn't come off as a surprise because I think, you know, to after going in in the second half of that championship game uh, in 2018 and went in as a true freshman, you know, he went back to Hawaii and, and talked about thinking about leaving if he didn't play in that game. So it goes through a lot of players' heads, especially the ones that are you know, the, the highly rated recruits. Um, but I also think that the people at Alabama, the people that have been there before, uh, especially guys at his position. We talked about it earlier in the show. Running backs usually have to wait their turn a little bit to get the lion's share of the carries. And um, I think Najee sees now that he benefited from that. You know, he talked about you know, wanting to go home. He's a guy, I mean, he's a California kid. Um, I, I remember when Alabama played Clemson in Santa Clara, and obviously Alabama lost that game pretty handily. But the, the media day uh, there leading up to the game, you know Najee again he's not a guy that seeks out the limelight he's not a guy that was really uh happy I guess about doing a lot of interviews but he lit up when he saw all the guys from you know the San Francisco Chronicle or or guys that he was around in his high school days I think he's always probably been homesick to some degree and um to hear that he was considering that, though, it, it doesn't come as a surprise. It, it happens a lot more than you would think for players at Alabama. And again, though, I think he later revealed that he's very happy that he stuck around and, and played all four years at Alabama.
1: Watching some of Najee Harris's interviews and really all the kind of media that surrounded him through this draft process uh, you see him on the pat mcafee show and he's like hilarious and you see him on draft night and he's at the homeless shelter and you see these other clips and he's supporting uh women's sports can you just take a, a couple minutes to really explain like just his character and if you've ever seen someone like quite like him before
3: no he's unique um you know he really did start opening up with us probably the last year and a half. And uh, I don't think we ever officially handed it out, but the local beat reporters, we do a, a media good guy award. And that goes to guys that, um, you know, come up regularly. So they, they make themselves available and they give insightful answers. And again, I don't think this was something necessarily Najee like to do early on in his career, but he started to loosen up and, uh, the answers that you started to see come out on Twitter or whatever, uh, he started doing that with us and he was going to be our media good guy award if it was a, a normal year and, and we did that stuff in person. So that just goes to show, um, his, his maturation, but I, I think him as a person, um, you can just see, you know, he's, he's a guy that loves his family. He's loyal to his friends. And um, he just – he likes to have fun. He seems like a a guy that would be really cool to hang out with. Obviously, that's not something us reporters do with the players back in Tuscaloosa. But um, I think that he is different. He's a little bit eccentric. But it's not to the point where he's going to be an issue. Um, I know, like, sometimes you see personality, especially with the running back position, and that might be a red flag. But I don't think that's that's a problem for Najee. He's a good person. And uh, he might do things a little bit unorthodox, but I think at the end of the day, um, he's a guy that's going to work hard and he's someone that you want to have in your locker room because he's going to bring out the best of some of his teammates.
2: Now, Pittsburgh is a smaller, you know, it's a bigger city, but it's a smaller one. And uh, we're a little obsessed with the Steelers uh, (laughs) to the point that a lot of times people come here and they don't realize like you're like everyone knows who you are here everyone has opinions on how you're playing and you can't really escape like what happens on the field each week. Uh, does this time in Alabama where it's also similarly a little, a little crazy uh, does that really help students prepare like their athletes prepare for a situation in the pros where you are under a lot of scrutiny and people are constantly thinking about what you've done on the football field and everyone knows who you are. Is, is that a benefit to these to these boy men when they go into the NFL and, and face that kind of scrutiny,
3: yeah. I mean, when you started uh, your question, I automatically thought, well, Pittsburgh sounds a lot like Tuscaloosa. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think I think with you know him going from California and not really knowing anything about the tradition of Alabama football and being immersed in it and you know having people just walk up to him on campus or, you know, wherever he's at and saying roll tide and he not even knowing what that means and eventually you know seeing the tradition and the history, uh, I think that will prepare him. I think going from a place like Tuscaloosa to Pittsburgh, I, I think it's it's a great segue just in terms of that. I, I think there's there's only a few, you know, cities in the in the country from an NFL standpoint where you can get that, where it's similar to that small town college feel, even though Pittsburgh's a bigger city than Tuscaloosa. But um, and I think that that's something that it was probably um, a bit of a culture shock for him to go from West Coast to, to down South and football craze. But I think that will prepare him for going to a place like Pittsburgh where you say that they are, you know, everybody's crazy about football. And going to be, you know, probably anytime he sees somebody asking him questions about you know the upcoming season or whatnot. I, I think that's a it's a great preparation for a place like that. Having played at
1: Alabama. I was listening to a Najee Harris interview, uh, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, one of his responses to people uh, going up to him saying uh, Roll Tide, he, he would just respond with uh, War Eagle, which if you don't know, uh, the Auburn uh, Auburn uh, chant, so like bitter rival. So he, he is just that dude, like, I don't know, It's just one of the interesting characters. So I, I think it will be interesting to see how uh, he fits in here in Pittsburgh. But just to get to one more football question before we let you out of here, uh, I'm curious, Charlie, if you think he can start right away as a tailback in the NFL.
3: I think so. Um, you know, he's a guy, you know, we've talked about his size. He's 6'2", 230. He's not going to be someone that you need to put weight on or anything like that. He's he's NFL ready. Um, you know, he's someone that's coming from uh, a system where it's very similar to what you're going to see in the pros. And, again, he has a lot of shred on his tires. I think he's someone that's hungry, Um not only just from a a football standpoint, but you see, like you talked about on those road to pros features, he's someone that's coming from essentially nothing. And he knows now that, uh, you know, there's a lot of work to uh, ahead of him to do. And I think that going to the next level, um, he's just going to be a guy that immediately goes to work. Um, I don't think he waited very long after the national championship game, even though he was dealing with that uh, ankle issue to to start training for the draft. I'm, I'm sure that, I've seen, he's been in Pittsburgh, he's toured the city, the stadium, everything like that. I'm sure he's just itching to to get to work. And, yeah, I mean, it would not shock me at all to see him, you know, work his ass off in the preseason and and be at the top of that pecking order uh, on the running back depth chart whenever, you know, they kick off the season.
1: Jeffrey, do you have any other uh, closing questions for Charlie? No, I'm good. All right, uh, Charlie, before we let you out, we'll give you an opportunity to plug anything if uh, you got anything uh, coming up.
3: Thankfully, I don't. It's been uh, <laughs> the spring practice, with the NCAA tournament, um, obviously the NFL draft. It's been busy. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of golf tournaments now. You know, following Nick Saban around and just seeing if he has anything new to say. So, thankfully, I don't have anything in the chamber. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a couple of quiet months before we get back to SEC media days. But I'm always doing something, and uh, if I do, it's at bamaonline.com. I share my stuff and and everything on our staff that they do on Twitter at Charlie
1: underscore Potter. Charlie Potter, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Really uh, really enjoyed this one. Uh, Thank you so much.
3: Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: All right, so everyone that is uh, currently listening on uh, the audio platform side, you can flip over to part two now. Uh, Jeffrey and I will continue on just doing some Steeler stuff. But uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, just hang tough. We'll get in our break and uh, be back on the other side. Thanks, Charlie. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
0: judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com. it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy <laughs>